Good Friday, River House. Uh, this is Pastor Jordan, and thank you for setting apart time on this special day, whether it's just yourself or with a few friends or families gathered to celebrate a significant day in the life of the church, which is Good Friday. Um, we're going to do a candlelight experience, and so uh, we're going to encourage you right now, if you don't already, um, to get your five candles out and actually light them. And if you need to, you can pause this recording and get these candles lit. And what we're going to do in the time that follows this is we have a, a series of five scripture readings um, where we're going to have a scripture read, and that's going to be followed by an extended time of silence. And what we're going to ask is at the culmination of each of the five scriptures that are read that you'll blow out one of these candles and then sit in the silence uh, reflecting upon the implications of these scriptures. And uh, in this way, we're going to both visually and scripturally bring us into a, a felt experience this evening of Good Friday. And uh, just as a full disclosure, this is the most heavy and painful part of the Christian faith. It's the darkest day of perhaps the whole world when the Savior himself was crucified and the Creator himself subjected uh, and, and experienced death. And, you know, the reason we, we celebrate Good Friday uh, is because without Good Friday, there's not Easter Sunday. And one of the benefits we have as modern Christians is that we know the story, right? We, we know what happens two days from now. Jesus raises from the dead. But we're going to ask tonight that we, we're not here to celebrate Easter yet. Uh, we don't want to pass over Friday because of the hope of Sunday. Because we can't experience the full hope of Sunday unless we've sat in the reality of Friday. And I know that this may be particularly difficult for some of you this year in particular because there is pain and heartache and difficulty. But I want to encourage you nonetheless, sit in Friday with Jesus and find comfort knowing that we don't suffer alone. Jesus did not carry the cross so that we wouldn't have to. He carried the cross so that when we experience pain, our own crosses in life, we wouldn't have to do it alone. And so even sitting in the pain and the darkness of something as horrific as Good Friday, we can find comfort because we have a God who says, I am with you always. And so even more so in a time like this, in a year like this, we need the message of Good Friday. We need the comfort of the fellowship of Jesus' sufferings so that we can be conformed to him in his death, that we can then follow him into what's coming two days from now. So I want to just encourage you, wherever you're at, whether you're at a peaceful state or you're in a painful state, to authentically come and commune with Jesus and let him speak to you, minister to you, uh, bring truth and revelation to you, to experience, to share fellowship with Jesus in his pain and let your pain and his pain touch. Uh, and, and if you're not in pain, that's great too, but we're just going to go on a journey here and we're going to sit in Friday. We're going to sit in Jesus's death and allow then 
the full Easter experience to take place this year in 2020. So God bless you. Have your candles lit. And let's dive in to the reading of Scripture together. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, If you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again, and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the twelve disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, Would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? We brought the swords. And one of them struck at the high priest's slave, slashing off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus spoke to the leading priests, the captains of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him. Am I some dangerous revolutionary, he asked, that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there every day. But this is your moment, the time when the power of darkness reigns. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home, and Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, This man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, You must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted 
this must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar arose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him, and release Barabbas to us. Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time he demanded, why, what crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. So I will have him flogged and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished.
As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. Two others, both criminals, were led up to be exalted with him. When they came to the place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself, if he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself, and us too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. By this time it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow.
you may be feeling uh, a sense of heaviness, grief, distress. It's just, it's weight. There's a weightiness to these words. And there's a weightiness to the reality of Good Friday. And I want to encourage you as your pastor not to rush. Slow down and just stay in this place. Remember that this is the place Jesus went to. And he only leads us to places for our good. And there's a reason that this is good Friday. Even though it's hard, even though it's heavy, it's good. And so sit and reflect, ponder, and Sabbath, rest in the weight, the holy weight of Good Friday, the holy burden of the pain of Jesus' passion. And let that weight, let, let this heavy sense you feel do a work in your heart to prepare you for the end of the story. Because God is the author of life. And he finishes what he begins. But don't rush the middle. Stay in the story and let God lead you just like he led the disciples of old through the entirety of the Easter weekend. Jesus, we remember your passion. We ponder the reality of what you actually did for us more than 2,000 years ago outside the city gates of Jerusalem. And we choose to wait, though it pains our hearts, though we don't like it, Lord. We choose to wait and share fellowship with you on Good Friday. Give us grace in the waiting, we pray. Amen.